I was honored when you called me. I told my wife, I'm like, Crown Refs has called me to do a podcast. <laughs> So last week I was scrolling through Facebook and noticed an interesting account called Officiating Born Videos. I had never heard of it before, so I clicked on it. It brought me to this YouTube channel. Um, the first thing I noticed that it had over 1,200 subscribers. It had over 850 videos of plays, and it had over 1.5 million views. So I was just super impressed. I got excited for a second because I had never heard of this channel before. And you know, us as basketball officials... We're always trying to find more content that'll help us improve. Um, so as I clicked on it, I was able to, to scroll through the channel and see what a great database of plays that, that you've built. So I just want to first start off by saying congratulations from one official to the next on the platform that you've built. It's an outstanding resource for basketball officials to consume. Thank you. Thank you. Kind of organically started, <laughs> which I'll explain. Yeah, just take me through what inspired the idea and how and when you got your start. Well, I, I actually got my page probably about eight, nine years ago. And it was just, uh, it first was, I just wanted to get some videos on YouTube and, and trying to share them and some situations. I had actually done a couple games that were on television and I thought it would be really cool to kind of maybe post a couple plays and situations. And at first it was just done, just, I had had some experimentation with, um, with some, uh, uh, had some experimentation with, uh, some programs and some software to get some stuff up and running on the site. And I just started posting videos. And as I started to get more curious, cause I've always been into videos, uh, especially from an officiating standpoint, I just started posting some, a couple videos that were kind of generic and to see if I could do it. And then once I started realizing that you could now post videos, I started kind of posting more, but what really got me into the officiating born side of it was um, uh, I belong to this, uh, uh, a discussion board called officials forum. Um, and it basically is a site that I've been actually a member of for almost 20 years. I, I started in 1996. Can I just stop this, you one second? It's the yes. officials forum. This is a website. Yes, it is a website. Um, it, actually had uh i think they had some content on on there and, it, and they had a discussion board that was related to it and it was kind of a online magazine kind of thing that was done and i've been a member of it pretty much maybe since around 97 98 this and it's early in the game early in the internet really early in the internet yeah. game and uh, there were a couple other uh forums that were active at the time and but this was a you know something I was interested in. So what ended up happening? Fast forward to probably about four years ago, they were posting videos for plays. There was a, a an administrator that was on there that started posting plays and putting it on YouTube. And so he did it for maybe about a year, maybe a little over a year and a half, I think a little bit. But then he kind of stopped. And I think uh, there might have been a couple other reasons. I think he was kind of getting hired in some other levels and kind of, you know, and having other 
other things that were kind of taken over and he stopped doing it. So because I had already had this page and had the capability and knew how to do it, I started doing the same thing. And really what happened was is that there were officials all over the country and in some cases all over the world that would watch plays and say, Hey, do you, did anybody see what happened in the, the UCLA uh, Arizona game? And then they would be like, so we started talking about the plays and then eventually I, you know, people started putting them up and I started putting them up as, as the primary person. So that's really how in the last four years that that's actually became kind of a, a passion to now put up plays. And then I would just, and obviously because I had the capability, I would watch the games and I would just say, Oh, wait a minute, that as a block charge, or that's a, a, a technical foul or that's something unusual or that you never see and I would post it and started doing it and then I just started to just it just became a thing of love and I probably would post two or three hundred plays a season one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is to promote your channel and your platform Um, with crown refs I don't put up a ton of plays like I I put up plays every once in a while for discussion but Mm -hmm. one thing I wanted to do was differentiate myself from the other discussion forums and the other groups and create original content for basketball officials. So when I saw your channel, I wanted to make sure that my audience was fully aware that you had one on YouTube and just give them the ability to go sift through the channel for themselves and look at all of the um, great videos that you have on. So you've uploaded over 800 videos and, and we talked about you have over 1 million total views. What do you think, or some of the reasons for the success of your videos? I think really the main reason there was a void, there was completely a void of plays that involved official officiating issues or officiating rules in, in, in situations. I think it was just basically the videos that were mostly on YouTube are of things that most of us have seen. Let's, let's say like maybe like ESPN might put up a, a situation that happens, but they always put it up in a highlight form that's mm-hmm. based off of, you know, the controversy or, or, or maybe a great play. And I think I basically found a niche and I didn't, and I, and at the time I didn't think I was the only one that was doing it. I thought maybe there was other people that might've been doing it, but then, and they would put up plays about, you know, other situations that were controversial. And I just wanted to just cover plays and just kind of cover the rules and kind of do a you make the call kind of of attitude about the plays instead of it being, you know, hey, here's this official that's screwing up or or here's the controversy. Just show things that sometimes that happen to us all that we all have to deal with. And that's really what sparked it and I think that's really kind of what made the the page what it is along with people across the country kind of helping out on the forum and kind of you know saying hey you know you know can somebody post the plays that took place or this situation that happened in the NCAA tournament or the situation that happened in the you know the Big Ten tournament like I want to see why is that a travel or was it did it really show up on film so basically that's what I did is I just took the plays and I just would edit them and I would really focus on the officiating aspect of it not necessarily the you know not trying to you know embarrass anybody just say hey you know here's a play here's a spin move you know does that does this spin move look like a travel and 
explain it in many cases, you know, if, if it was a clear example of a travel so that people couldn't then, you know, make a judge for themselves and just have a discussion. And what is also taken off is because Facebook and the other kind of forms have been a part of it as well. I think it's just taken off because people now are, I'm, I'm seeing my videos all the time posted in, in officials, uh, groups, and organizations all the time and it's just like and sometimes people don't even realize where they're coming from or or you know or what the situation is they just they're just posting the plays and that, and that kind of makes me feel good that it's taking off with the community listen you're doing a real service to the industry by having this database of plays where we can all go and look um now there are these plays are like available on all channels you can sift through facebook and find some um you know you can find them on twitter but to have one centralized location of basketball referee videos this is a really really great thing so uh, i'm looking into it right now do you get a lot of comments on these videos are you deep diving into these comments and discussions Yes, at first I was just kind of posting the videos and I thought that I would just, it, it would be more of a discussion in some other forms. But now I've kind of decided that, and I think this has also helped the channel as well, as I start to engage with people about the plays and the situations. And because sometimes I get officials literally from all over the world and they will sometimes make a comment about, what happens in FIBA or what happens in, you know, in their part of the country or, or, or situations that they inv involved in. And I think that has really kind of helped out as well. So I've kind of just started to, I, I will respond to people when they, when they post certain stuff, because now I get the notifications, obviously when somebody posts something, so I'll respond and I, you know, I try to do it in a professional manner and, and also try to keep the, the so-called fanboys out when they just start, you know, trying to rip the officials or, or try to make it about something more than the play. Cause I want to always keep the focus on what is happening with the, the situation because I want, and then, and then I've even used plays that are mine as well. Like I, if you even look on the site, I use plays from games that I did in high school and college games and just show plays. Cause I want to show my mistakes too, as well as, you know, the mistakes or things that people got right. I mean, you know, because a lot of times it's just a, it's a, it's a discussion of whether the play was done right and whether that's appropriate to call. And I just want to engage with the, with, my, with the fans of the page so that they kind of see, you know, okay, we have a little bit of a dialogue because I think sometimes it's a dialogue. Um, also, one of the things that I've done as well is I use a lot of the plays in my local officials associations to show our group. And so a lot of times there's not agreement on everything. So I, 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 I'd like to have a, an honest discussion about why that play is what it is or why that was called or why even the mistake was made, because I think we all learn from those things. Yeah, and this is a good time to point out another reason why I'm connecting with you and I think our, our brands are aligned is, um, you know, with Crown Refs, there's never been a negative comment. One, because I'll delete it right away. But two is because I've created a, um, I've created a, um, a culture of respect and positivity mm -hmm. and edu focusing on education and growing together. There's yes. just no time for any negative comments. If you're a referee and you leave a negative comment on the internet, you're letting the world know that you're a bad partner. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And, and right. on Facebook, you find so many, much negativity. So I'm so happy with um, 
just the way that that you're building your channel through through positivity. I just want to read the description of your channel. The purpose of this site is to discuss plays and situations from strictly an officiating perspective. The videos are not to give highlights or show great plays, but to show plays that might apply to the proper application of the rules or officiating mechanics. This is mainly for football and basketball officiating. You do football too. We'll get into that. Yes. The purpose of this site is for training purposes only and should be used to discuss things that will help officials across the country and I'm going to add, and the world, get better by using video. This is not a site to discuss players or their personalities or which team is better. Those comments will be deleted if they're not fitting for the purpose of the direction of the site. Um, so, yeah, great description. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jeffrey, I'd love to hear about your bio, um, your background, and your career as an official. Well, I started officiating basketball and football and actually baseball in 1996. Um, I used to work for, uh, a, I was a pizza delivery guy in college, and I had a friend who we were doing a college work program uh, during the summer who was a baseball umpire and basketball official. And he got me, and basically I was always fascinated by officials officiating because I thought, I kind of thought I never wanted to really coach. I, I did a little little league coaching at one point, and I thought to myself with all the way the parents and stuff act with that, I just wanted to be kind of more separated but still involved with the game. So what ended up happening is my friend who, uh, and I'll even give his name, his name was Je is Jed Dyrick. He was a baseball umpire and a basketball official, and he got me involved in in officiating. I started having a conversation with him. He, he had to come a little later to our program and got and basically was working at baseball regional at the time. And this is, you know, this is like late May. And he was explaining to me what he did as an official. And I was fascinated because I always watched um, Jerry Mark Bright and was fascinated by Jerry Mark Bright. I always thought he, he made things, you know, and, and for those and the NFL official, Jerry Mark Bright. And um, I always thought he was always on the big games and he just made it look easy and he didn't look like a real athletic guy. So I thought, okay, I could probably do that. So, with through my friend Jed, he got me involved in basketball. Uh, he actually got me, helped me get on a football crew. He didn't do football. So he got me involved on a football crew and it just took off from there. And I just was, I, I became, I, I joined referee magazine. I joined, I did everything I could do to find anything about officiating and became a student of the game. And the, in 1996, my very first basketball game was a fifth and sixth grade girls basketball game that Jed asked me to work with him um, in like late September of that year. And he basically called me one day and said, hey, I got a game or a couple games. Can you work with me? And at the time, I didn't have my full uniform. I didn't have, I didn't have no pants. I had no shoes. I had nothing. I had some football stuff, but I did not have basketball stuff. And so he basically – so we went to a local fast food place because we lived in the same town. We both went to the same college. And he basically kind of went over all the mechanics and details of what to do and how to do things. And then when we went to the game, I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I just it just started from there. And then it just – and he got me some high school games. Like later that year, he had given me some high school games to work for him. And just basically, I just became – it. The, I got the bug. <laughs> and it yep. just – 
it just went off from there. And one of my goals was to do, uh, you know, I didn't know any of it better. I just said, I, I want to work a state final in the sports that I work. And, uh, uh, you know, whatever your religion or your belief system, I feel like I'm truly blessed because that happened in those three sports. Um, I did not imagine that. I'm actually you know, the 10th. Jeff, you know, we call that in officiating. What's that? That's called the referee triple crown. Yes, we got the triple crown. <laughs> So I, I work. I, I worked. Uh, thank God, I worked the state final in '08 for football and an '11 for football in the state of Illinois. I worked uh, my baseball state final in '09. I worked uh, three baseball, a basketball state finals in '15, '16, and this past year I worked the 4A state championship game, the final game in IHSA of the season, which was a blessing. Um, I be I also became a clinician in our state. We have these registered clinicians in our state that you basically can run camps and things like that. So I became that in 07 and it just kind of took off. And then I've also, I was blessed. I even worked some division one baseball, uh, in the mid two thousands. Uh, I worked some college basketball. I work college football as well right now. It just, it just took off. And I just, you know, and, and here I am, I'm just loving every minute of it. And one of the, the passions that I think that, that the reason why the site even became up in the first place is because I just eat, sleep and drink it. I, I tell my, my, my wife <laughs> or my wife kind of, when I, when I met her, I got, we got married in, in 17. Uh, when she met me, she was like, she realized really early on that my passion was officiating. And she said, if you could just figure out a way to do a business with officiating, she said, you would probably be set because basically I work to officiate. I mean, that's kind of what my goal is. Um, everything I do is the, so I can go to something that's related to officiating during the year. I picked up on it. So, and, you know, and here I am 24 years later, still loving it, every bit of it. Um, still love, you know, I do a lot of summer basketball, but, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm probably one of the more respected officials in, in my state, in my region, which is kind of cool. Like I live in the Chicagoland area. So I, you know, I'm, I get, a, you know, a lot of respect, you know, because of what I do on and off the court as well, because I, I love to teach as well the, the craft, um, because whatever I have achieved, I've always, I've had great mentors that have helped me from, you know, you know, uh, you know, guys like, uh, uh, John Adams, uh, before he became, uh, yep. the NCAA coordinator, met JD Collins, uh, before he became a coordinator when he was actually an on court official guys like Larry Rose, uh, uh, Marvin Sykes, uh, Kevin Diller, division one officials at the time, and really just kind of really gave me some really good advice and just kind of sparked the uh, ability to officiate and how to go about going to camps and everything. That's what I kind of love about your site, because you kind of talk about some things that a lot of things that we do not talk about that I think that we really need to start talking about. And I'm going to start doing a little bit, too, to help officials to kind of get over the hump, because I think a lot of guys come into this thinking, oh, well, I'm just going to blow the whistle and that's just what it is. And they don't realize that there's a lot of work that goes into it and a lot of understanding of our craft. Um, 
And I just, I just, I just love it. And I just, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I can't see, I, I mean, I'm probably at the mid peak, whatever of my career and maybe have another good, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years, I guess left. But um, I just, I just love what I've accomplished, but I want to help others accomplish similar things. And that's the similarity that we share, both um, current officials. You know, I'm trying to pursue my dream of becoming a Division One official um, through my journey. I want to help people along the way grow with me. So that's why I'm documenting and, and creating content. And I just want to ask you, being that we're in a similar um, situation, how has your channel affected your career as an official? Um, I don't really think it, 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 it's – well, I'll say this, maybe in – it hasn't affected it in a negative way. It's really mostly helped me because one of the things about the channel and the dedication to it is that I, I'm really a, approach attention to detail. So I'm the kind of official that I'm the, my biggest critic. <laughs> you know, I, I do, I, I know that I'm wrong, uh, you know, more often than I would like to probably admit to myself sometimes. And I think what I do is it, it helps me realize how fragile things can happen, especially when you get in high profile situations. And, and in the state of Illinois, we are actually one of the one of the more high profile states uh, when it comes to high school basketball. And, and you know, because we had the McDonald's All-American game here for, for several years in a row, which I guess did not happen really up until that time. Um, we have some you know, I, I think it has really helped me just really hunker down on what I need to do and also has inspired me to to get better because, you know, I'm still chasing that Division One green, even though I'm an, uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a little older um, than maybe I was. Obviously, if I was 10 years ago, I probably the, the window was closing, but. I'm still kind of chasing that. It's kind of sparked me. And I've actually met a lot of the officials that sometimes they show up on my videos, That's which cool. is funny as well. Um, you know, there was a situation in one of the games. I, I won't say the game, but I'll say the, there was a Big Ten game and there was a situation. And I was it was kind of interesting to actually have a conversation with the two officials that were involved in it to talk to them about how what was said and how it was handled. So it is really it is, it's in a roundabout way kind of helped me out to understand their line of thinking because because when we do post the videos it's not like i'm having a complete conversation with um you know with the officials at the time but to, to be able to kind of go back and and show plays and people and you know you can actually ask them about those situations and that that has happened quite a few times uh you know i even have a really good friend and and i'll say his name is steve onaki who is a uh, division one official in my area who has been a really help to me as of late um he had a couple plays he posts plays of things that happen on on our facebook page for one of our associations and you know and i was able to post a couple plays that he asked about and kind of get his perspective on it and so you know things like that has really helped me individually to understand kind of how it works because sometimes I think we what, what irritates me a little bit sometimes is that we'll think as a high school officials that well they do that at college and you know that's a college attitude but really the same stuff that they do at college is really no different than what we do at the high school level is just has a different profile or different, um, you know, they, they may be trained on it a little bit more, but we do the same things that they do. And a lot of times some stuff that we do, it directly comes from them. And, and that has really helped me understand 
just my career and what I need to do when I've moved to other levels as well. We're real excited to partner with Neat Tucks to give the Crown Refs audience a 20% discount off your next order. If you go to neattucks.com and enter Crown Refs at checkout, you'll get 20% off your next order. Neat Tucks is a product that I use, I endorse, I believe in. I feel like if you wear the stripes, you should be wearing Neat Tucks to get that clean, professional look. So again, go to neattucks.com, enter Crown Refs at checkout to get 20% off your next order. Neat Tucks and Crown Refs serving the game. So one of the things I really like about your channel is how you set up a category of plays. I think that makes it very user-friendly. So, for example, as I'm scrolling through right now, I see goaltending, basket interference plays. You got 34 of them up. Uh, 24 spin moves. You got six um, Euro step plays. 31 technical fouls. You have um, 148 block charge plays. That really excites me. So could you just tell um, – <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, we're ref nerds, so, like, yes. this kind of stuff gets us excited, especially when it's all fresh and new. So could you just tell the Crown Refs audience how they navigate through your channel? Well, the, the, the main thing I tried to do with the, with the site was I, I wanted so that I had a category – that I could find the information. So if I had a block charge play, obviously those were easy to categorize, but there's a lot of other elements to plays like I had traveling. I did have, have a whole category of traveling, which involves, but I wanted to make it even more, uh, even more niche, if you will, uh, by doing some spin moves, some other plays, goal tending, basket interference. Um, probably I'm going to go through the videos and also do some backcourt, uh, situations as well, because a lot of times what will happen is I, I will get people who ask me individually, Hey, do you have any plays, you know, that with the spin moves? And that's kind of how that happened. It was like, I was like, okay, well maybe I need to look at all these plays or look at the ones that I have that are spin moves so that they're just even easier to navigate. So if somebody wants to use the videos and use and just do it. They know where those plays are instead of having to just kind of go through the uh, the comment section or go through the title section. Because sometimes the title is is purposely vague, <laughs> so that when people um, look at the look at it, they 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 either confine what they think they saw, or they or they might realize there's something else to the play than just just those situations but the categories are so that like so if i'm just looking for traveling plays i can find just traveling plays um if i'm looking for all kinds of violations i can find all kind of violations and as time has gone on i've you know i've i've broken them up a little more and then i always want to break them up into the year that they took place because sometimes the also, I you know even when the NCAA changed the rule about the backcourt rule, you know some of those plays are older rules. So you know, and even the goaltending plays are are older in some cases, depending on you know when I first started, because the, there was no issue with the backboard. Now there is. So now there's more plays that I show that that uh, involve the backboard or or elements of the backboard when it comes to a goaltending or basket interference so it's just so that people can easily find them when they're looking for them especially because a lot of times it's that people will ask me questions like hey do you have plays or I, I don't see any of these kind of plays and then I you know sometimes I got to do the search myself well I'd rather have it in a place so that they can easily look it up 
and and find it for their you know for their own use and that's another reason why it's so user friendly is because you're categorizing the plays and you're describing them as well so um for instance on a travel play you're not just going to say is this a travel or no uh, on the video title you're saying travel called on the spin move was this correct or you would you would pose does the ball handler replan his pivot foot so you're giving context and you're um supplying additional perspective you know for them to be able to to consume the play and then make their decision as well um yes so that's really helpful so t- you must watch like a lot of videos could you tell me how many videos like you upload a week talk about your creative process how you actually acquire the video right are you screen recording it are you downloading it all that kind of stuff to your edits that you make and then when you process it and then publish it tell me about your creative process well the the process obviously is 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 i'm a basketball junkie so i i when I'm not officiating, I'm either in a gym somewhere or I'm either watching some plays or situations in real time. So one of the things is that just happens is I'll just sometimes record several games. So I was like, if there's games on a Monday, there might be five or six different games going on at once. So what I will do is I will record those five or six games Um, I will, depending on the situation, I might review some of the plays. I might, you know, watch, you know, sports center, see if maybe a highlight or something of that nature, uh, comes up. Uh, I might look at other situations or just sometimes I've, I've taken plays that people have posted when they've done a screenshot, when they do the kind of old version with the camera, with the cell phone camera, and then they'll show the play. And I might be able to look up those plays uh, as well. Um, I, so I do a lot of it through just direct recording off of television and, and off of a DVR. Then I will take some plays, which I said from the officials forum, there's a, I, I, I actually tell people, Hey, if you have a play, let me know about it. You know, so, so, and then I, mm-hmm. if, if I didn't, re- if I didn't record the game, then I might be able to get it in through some other means. I have, um, um, being a college official, I have access to a, a website called mm-hmm. Synergy that posts plays from all over the country from every team in their entire schedule. Yeah, it's and a great site. Saw, I use it as well, for sure. Yes, and they, so they will post those plays. So sometimes they're just the TV quality of the game, especially the Division One games. And then there's even Division Two games and three that we do that we use through – I even use through another site. Uh, but I don't use most of those plays off of there because that's more of a personal thing. Uh, that the individual are kind of looking for feedback, but I've posted some plays of my own. But basically what I do is that, so if I find out a play and let's say I find out there was a technical foul or whatever, then I will go back at the play and I will try to show every element of that technical foul. Um, maybe what happened before, maybe what happened, you know, when it, when the technical foul was given, I even sometimes like to hear, I want to put sometimes give the commentators an opportunity to say something um, because I kind of, because that sometimes is where the dissent comes from, from the fans is because they will hear Jay Billis or, uh, 
uh, Fran Fraschilla will talk about a play and they will t- they'll rip the officials or they'll credit the officials. And sometimes it will not be based off of rules. So I also sometimes like to have their commentary in the play as well, just to give it context or to give that, okay, this is something that, like if they say moving screen. <laughs> so if, so if they are using that improper term, at least people are, are knowing kind of the basis of that. Then when I just go into the play, I just want to make it, as simple as possible for the most part of less than a minute. If we can, if it's a simple block charge play, it's probably going to be less than a minute. If it's a traveling play less than a minute. And then I also take the video and, and I will, and I've editing software, which I basically will, I've learned how to edit them down to the, to the bare minimum and, and replay as, as many times as I can in slow motion, especially on travel plays or block charge. So that not only you see the real time, you see the context. And then maybe in some cases I might, it might be teaching a mechanic, uh, situation I, I i remember i have a play from the michigan ucla game for example and one of the, there was a play where maybe the mechanic maybe was flawed and maybe caused a problem so i might say okay let's talk about the mechanic aspect of it because sometimes that's how we get the play right or wrong or whether they got it wrong and obviously we're looking at plays slow motion. So, you know, I know that there are plays that I've gotten wrong or my partners have gotten wrong or gotten right, but we see it live time. We don't get the other angle, but I just want to use the, 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 the editing so that they can kind of look at it and kind of maybe think of maybe, okay, if I was in a better position, maybe I can, you know, I could have covered the play better. And so that we all learn from it because I learned as much from watching those games as I learned from my own, um, you know, cause, and I think, I think it adds about, I would say that I think I've added five to 10 years of experience just by watching videos. So a lot of it is interactive with other people as well, giving those information because something, cause I'm, I don't watch every game. And obviously there are games that are going on that I don't have a clue that that took place in the game, but someone will post something or, or make it be known that, Hey, that play happened. What do you think? And so I just use it. And, and for the most part, don't have any problems using them. Um, the NCAA tournament, it becomes a little bit of a difficult situation because depending on the, what the NCAA uses, they may not like it. If I even use uh, some of their plays, uh, if, especially if they posted it in another location. So, so I sometimes got to be a little careful with that, but why but have they reached they, out to you about it? They, they, haven't, they, they've, they filed some, and this is the thing about YouTube when you use anything that maybe could be copyrighted, they sometimes, you know, can make an issue out of it. Um, and, but I've kind of found that the shorter the clip, the less likely that it's a problem. And it really only happens during the NCAA tournament during the rest of the year they don't care. It doesn't seem like anybody makes a big deal about it during that time of the year. And it actually works out really well um, because they're just, again, I'm not there to embarrass or to just, you know, to, to just use their stuff uh, without, you know, some, you know, I, I use all their, you know, whatever they use. It's like, I just show it, but I'm just trying to show it for an educational purpose. And usually when you're doing that for an educational purpose, it's usually okay. And most, uh, entities do not care. So it, you know, I, I, I would like to reach out to them to, to, to tell them so that we can use it for our benefit. Um, and, you know, and that's even funny that even a couple plays that I've even shown have ended up in NCAA, uh, 
training videos, which is uh, kind of ironic. Uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe not exactly the same situation, but they've been addressed sometimes with, and I don't know if there's, if that's a conscious effort that they're, they're using it. Uh, I will say this, the NBA has a policy and don't show a lot of NBA plays, but the NBA doesn't care. They love when their stuff is distributed because they, they just use it as another way to promote their game. So I can use anything on the NBA and pretty much in anything. And their, their, their YouTube policy is not really strict. The NCAA really only, I would say, makes more of an issue during the, uh, the NCAA tournament. But during every other game during the year, no issues whatsoever. Listen, you're, you're repackaging it and distributing it for the two key words, educational purpose. Let's talk about platforms. I know you're on Facebook and obviously YouTube. I haven't seen you on Instagram. I would love the ability to put up one of your videos, poll it, and tag you in it. So when I tag you on Instagram, um, the audience will have the ability to click on your profile. And then that's a way of siphoning them to your YouTube channel as well. So I would love to collaborate with you on that. Are you? Do you have an Instagram account? Actually, I do have an Instagram account. I, you know, because in the conversation about launching this brand and doing this kind of more, you know, much more full time or kind of in a roundabout way, um, I have actually absolutely would love to do that. I, I, I have just have it. I'm not as familiar with the Instagram side. I've, I've been on Facebook for a long time and I've been on YouTube for a long time. So yes, I would love to do that. And actually, I think that would would help draw people to the site because they, they, the whole purpose that I'm trying to do is just to give people information so that they can take that and use that for their own, uh, for their own careers and, and understanding of rules and situations. Would love to do that. Yeah. I know there's only 24 hours in a day, but it's important to be on all these different, you know, channels and platforms. Crown reps is currently started on Instagram, then to Facebook, then to YouTube, then to Twitter than to LinkedIn. And I'm waiting for the next app to come out because then we could jump all in that. Right? Yes. You know, all these channels, they do share a lot of similarities, but they're very different in ways because you have to contextualize your messages a little bit different. You know, what I put yes. up in Instagram might not work in the same exact way on Facebook. So that's a time consuming process, you know, like I said, contextualizing. Um, but it's very mandatory for that distribution that you want, driving more people back to your landing site which is youtube you know that's like your home so to establish yourself in these other different channels that's only going to promote and increase officiating born on youtube as well now i'm looking at two videos that you have in particular i think i think a video when it goes viral they might have said it's like five million views i googled it the other day but as far as i'm concerned if you're a referee and you uploaded a video that has two hundred thousand views you went viral twice. So tell me about those two particular videos. I think one of them features JJ Reddick and his tripping antics back at Duke. Um, oh, uh, Grayson was... Allen, or I think it's oh, Grayson, Grayson Allen. Allen. My bad. JJ Reddick. Yeah, that's okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I, I, I think what basically happened is I did, I, I believe I put, because the, the Part of what happened, his controversy at the time was was well known. So obviously, I put, I think I might have put his name in the in the situation just to kind of highlight that this More. is the situation that I was talking about. 
uh, but it it basically I think it brought a lot of people to to eyes to it because there wasn't especially from an officiating site there really was not an officiating angle from this and how to deal with it and that I think was really the main reason that became viral I mean there might have been people that were coming from it from a you know what did he do and you know and this was all over ESPN and Fox or whatever or the uh, uh, you know the network channels uh, when he did this because he was one of the most popular well-known players in it especially Duke or in the country at the time. But I think also that it was, it, you know, it gave us another angle from an officiating side so that we could review the situation. Cause I also, if you notice, I post the, the video, but I also show how we administer it and, and, and how do we, you know, how the officials handled it and which I thought in, in at least the one case, he, they did a very good job doing, but that was kind of, I think one of the reasons that that brought, a lot, and if I, I think you might be talking about, are you talking about the Big East game that might have also got a lot of views? I'm not 100% with that one that had 212,000 was. I'm sure of the okay. Grayson Allen one. There's another video that had a lot of views, I think was the, uh, I had a Big East, um, it was a Big East tournament game, Uh with uh, actually one of my mentors was on the game, uh, a guy named Lamar Simpson, and it was between Georgetown and St. John's. And it, it had a lot of other elements to it because Patrick Ewing Jr. was on the Georgetown. It was before Patrick Ewing Sr. became uh, uh, the head coach. But I think John Thompson III was involved, and it was kind of this old-style Georgetown, St. John's play. And one of the things that made it go viral, I think, is that there were some people that misunderstood that I was showing this from a rule standpoint. <laughs> so uh, so there were some, you know, some people were trying to make it, you know, make maybe more light or negative out of uh, the fact that I put some element of high school because, you know, flagger fouls and intentional fouls are almost the same, uh, you know, but flagger foul in college is one rule and intentional foul in high school is another rule. So I think that was another reason that that, that came that way. But it also helped bring more eyes because I noticed when those videos were kind of going off, there were people looking at other videos and helping, you know, kind of raise some of there were more commentary. I was getting many more comments than maybe initially because at the first, you know, the first few years, there would be some videos that had absolutely no comments. And now I get two or three almost every day uh, throughout the platform. Um, based and it's sometimes it's, it's videos. I'm I'm surprised that you know that I'm like that video is like four years old and and someone's commenting on that video. So it's really has helped uh, bring to the site. But the intention wasn't to really embarrass those players or to embarrass the situation. It was just hey, how do you handle these situations as well? Um, so the Crown Rest Podcast is the audio experience for basketball officials. A lot of us um, also work multiple sports. Now, I notice you also have football up on your channel. Could you talk about what you're doing with um, officiating for football as well? Yes. Um, that is the side that doesn't get as much attention, partly because um, it it's kind of harder. I, you know, I would, being a college football official, I really don't get to watch a lot of football. 
uh, as it is. But I, I, but the the catalyst to that was really honestly, I belong to an association called the Central Officials Association, and it's in the Chicago area, and it basically helps service uh, some of the Catholic League, uh, the famous Catholic League in Chicago. And one of the catalysts behind that was. Uh, being a member of that association, and, and this is, I talked about Jerry Markbright earlier on. Jerry Markbright happened to be a member of that association, um, really in his early days before he became in the NFL and when he worked the Big Ten. And right now, we have a lot of officials who are in the Big Ten or Big Ten crew chiefs. Like, I work for an individual named John O'Neill, who is one of the preeminent um uh, crew chiefs in the country he's crew chief in the big 10 but he also has worked the national championship game i think a couple times and usually is on a, one of the big four uh you know semifinals or every other year or, or big bowl game so the catalyst behind that was the video has become very big in training in, in that association and one of the things is is that i just wanted to get videos out there of situations and actually have used video in presentations in that organization because that was a big thing. Now, when, when I first joined that organization in the early 2000s, it was used to be a VHS tape <laughs> that people would show. And so basically I said, you know, Hey, how can I do this in football as well? And, uh, and this, and basically I kind of came around the, the, the right time because uh, targeting, has become a big rule in football where they've rule, you know, where now they're reviewing them to see if they're going to eject a player and, and things like that. And I, and basically it's just a labor of love just to add that to it. And then what's also great. A lot of times my games are big 10 games as well. I get to actually talk to the crew chiefs of, uh, of, of a couple of them to find out what actually happened and what, what took place. I mean, I, I think I've had a couple plays where John O'Neill's crew was involved and I was able to ask him in more detail about, okay, what actually happened and what, what was the decision-making process for either calling or targeting or not. So it's just the same kind of thing. And, the, and, and football is very, is much more of a rule sport. So, so there are some things that, that wouldn't apply to video as much, but there's a lot of judgment in certain areas where you really need to see the angles. And it just, I just use the same logic for football that I did or that I did for basketball. And, and but, you know, I have a little bit more access and, and I also work in the, uh, the Alliance, which they call for division three. Uh, we actually are uh, under the uh, big 10 uh, for our assignments for these four division three conferences in the Chicagoland area and surrounding states. So it just kind of is just more video and we use video and football has been a very common thing um, in, in, you know, at the college level, even the lower level college, we see video every week of our games, whereas basketball till really recently, that's kind of been become more common. So I just kind of just, it just used that same passion to show videos in football as well. Yeah. There's definitely um, people in the crown reps audience that are football officials as well and can benefit two ways from your site. I'm going to say this, and I want to give you a lot of credit. Um, you've actually inspired me to do a lot more 
than I have done because I, I started listening to your podcast kind of late in the basketball season this past year, Thank uh, maybe, you know, somewhere, somewhere around February. And I thought the content was absolutely amazing. It was just like, what in the world is this? Because we did not have, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I love Nassau. I love referee magazine, but there's a lot of things and a lot of holes in, in even some of their content. Cause it's, it's book based. Not that there's anything wrong with us reading and, and things like that, but sometimes it's hard to put what we do into a forum where we can discuss it without having to read, you know, a black and white page. Sometimes there's things that need to be discussed outside of that, you know, just like you would if you went to a camp. Um, some of the best information that I've ever gotten has come from a camp um, where I don't read it out of something. I actually hear the story or hear, hear the explanation. And I think your site is really, and your platform has really inspired me to probably do a little more as well um, on the training side, because I think like I, I listened to your, your camp, uh, your couple camp podcasts that you had. And I thought those were some of the most brilliant discussions about what you do to get on a camp or go to a camp. Um, and I just said to myself, you know, I need to do more, um, especially for the the notoriety that I have in my state, in my area. And also, you know, the, the, the notoriety that I've, that I've gained on my webpage. Um, because a lot of my interaction is just trying to teach people how to officiate is not so much to even debate about the play. It's just a, what can you bring? And I think you're doing a brilliant job, uh, making putting this information to the masses I, I really am looking forward to more content i hope we can work together on several different things uh it even inspired me to probably do some some kind of podcast as well or to do some online training that has to do more with uh than just showing a black charge um so it, it i really enjoy it i really love it <laughs> it's it's I, i'm just looking forward to to working with you and dealing with some more content Really appreciate you listening to the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Do yourself a favor. Go on to YouTube and type in Officiating Born. Click subscribe so you can have access to Jeff's full database of videos. And you'll also be notified every time he posts. He's very active. In fact, I think he's uploaded more videos onto YouTube than any other basketball referee in the world. I don't know. I don't know any other channels that have this many videos. So I was happy to discover it and I'm even happier to share it with you. Hope you enjoyed your 4th of July week and um, have a great day.